0: This is an AMI podcast. You're listening to the Kitchen Confession Podcast with Chef Mary Mammoliti. At our brewery, we literally, I'm sitting here right now looking at it, we have all of our coffee on tap all all the time. So guests who come in can have some. um, And the challenge is for me to not sit here and drink coffee all day. And early on for us, I definitely uh, drank too much coffee, so I i really wired
1: all the time. <laughs> yeah,
0: extremely efficient though. Um, I've started to realize where my where my uh, boundary lies. I guess.
1: I'm Mary Mamelodi, and this is the Kitchen Confession Podcast. Today, we're talking to Mitchell Stern of Station Cold Brew Coffee. Thanks so much for coming on the show today, Mitchell. Why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners?
0: Absolutely, thank you for having me on the show. I'm, I'm excited to chat further. We've obviously had a couple of chats, but um, my name is Mitchell Stern and I'm co-founder and VP of Marketing and Sales among other things, for Station Cold Brew Coffee Company.
1: So walk me through a little bit about Station Cold Brew and and what you guys do.
0: I can absolutely do that. So cold brew is, it, it's a trend. Uh, I would actually move it away from trend and more into mainstream now if, you're, if you want to get specific about it, but it's essentially a steeping method. It's actually been around for centuries. So, you know, Dutch traders used this process um, a long time ago and they would take sort of like a concentrated version uh, on their voyages. Um, it's very big in Japanese culture, and they do it a little bit of a different way. They do it like a cold drip method, but essentially it does the same thing. Um, and I would say in the past eight to ten years in North America, uh, we've kind of adopted this as a another uh, coffee brewing method. Traditionally, coffee is brewed using you know the methods that you're aware of, like you know a, a filter coffee, a drip coffee, uh, French press, uh, espresso, and all of those methods use heat to extract from the coffee. Um, and, it ha- and it happens in a, in a, in a quick time frame. Uh, what we do is very different. We actually removed all of the heat from our process completely. So we take really high quality coffee. It's roasted, it's ground, uh, and the grinds sit in cold water for anywhere between uh, 16 to 18 hours. Uh, and it sort of soaks. And what it does is it extracts uh, different oils and tannins of the coffee and actually reduces the acidity and reduces the bitterness tremendously. And that's the whole reason we do it. And uh, not to replace hot coffee by any means, because certainly as a business, we've never tried to do that. I think that would be a terrible idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, even myself, I like to drink my hot coffee in the morning, especially when mm-hmm. it's cold outside. But it's, it's, it's a different kind of, of beverage um, that still has the, the caffeine and the kick that you're looking for from, from a coffee beverage. But compared to traditional iced coffee, iced coffee is more often than not, Brewed hot and then chilled in some fashion. You know, you could brew it hot and put it in the, in the fridge in a pitcher, or you know, an iced americano, for example, is a shot of espresso over ice, filled with cold water. And then what happens is uh, the the flavor profiles become very bitter. Um, and you know, if you're looking for bitter coffee, fine. But for most people, um, that's why most iced coffee beverages. If you go into you know a, a coffee shop, mm-hmm. I won't name names, but if you go into a couple of those big coffee shops, you'll see most of their iced coffee beverages have all sorts of syrups and sweeteners um, and, and flavors. And the reason oftentimes, more often than not, is to mask the bitterness that comes with the iced coffee. And that's where cold brew really, really wins.
1: Well, and I get that because growing up, that's what we did. We had the espresso. We would brew that yeah. hot, stovetop, and then chill it.
0: Yes, I say brewed cold, served cold. Um, That being said, we do brew it uh, into a concentrate, which we also bottle and package and sell. Um, And what you can do with the concentrate is you can actually mix it with boiling water. So the concentrate is meant to be diluted uh, in whatever way you want. You can mix it with cold water to make cold brew, uh, like an iced coffee type thing. You can mix it with milk and you can make like a cold brew latte. You can use it in baking Mm -hmm. or cocktails But you can also mix it with boiling water, and it becomes sort of this Americano-style hot beverage that I oftentimes use uh, throughout the winter. Uh, But it still holds all the incredible properties uh, that cold brew has, and that's the low acidity, low bitterness. It's a really smooth, easy-drinking cup of coffee, and that's why we love cold brew so much.
1: So it doesn't add it doesn't increase the amount of caffeine that's within the coffee, that's, what's in, that's within the brew.
0: So there are, I, there are a few different ways to cold brew and each of them results in a different sort of caffeine level. Our, our process has, I would say, a fair amount of caffeine. Um, it's, it's a little bit more than, than most coffees, but if you compare 12 ounces of our coffee to 12 ounces of, let's say, a Starbucks drip coffee, it's in the same rough range. But that being said, Starbucks is on the higher end of caffeine. It is, yeah. yeah. So our products are very highly caffeinated for sure. There's no denying that.
1: Can you play more with the flavor profiles? I guess with cold brew,
0: you can. And again, that's something that helps us separate ourselves from others. Is my partner, our brewmaster Mike, is uh, he's so talented in in uh, his palate is so like uh, he we we taste coffee sometimes together, and he tastes. He tastes blueberries, and I just I'm like it tastes like <laughs> coffee. <laughs> Mine is getting better. However, he's like it's next level. It's very impressive. Mike will go through a period of time where he's testing different coffees to see which one has notes of, let's say, uh, you know, chocolate that would mm-hmm. mix well, mix well with the mocha flavoring that we put in, and that's what's allowed us um, to really develop the recipes that we have. Our goal with our flavored products was to um, create some combinations that are, uh, appealing to the, to the, ma- to the mass consumer because we do have our products in, in some major grocery stores and convenience stores. Um, however, we didn't want to go down, uh, the path of doing, uh, sort of like, you know, hazelnut and, uh, there's, there's a few that just didn't really fit with our ethos, um, as a brand, you know, coconut is a really interesting one, um, Coconut coffee, uh, was seriously? A pairing that sort of came out a couple of years ago. I, I personally love it, but what we found is it's very polarizing. People either love it and they buy it by the case. We have people who come to our brewery and buy it by the case, um, or they say, "Absolutely not! I'm not interested in your coconut coffee." But that's why we have a few different flavors to See, appeal to, to everybody.
1: That would be me. Absolutely not! I'm not interested in coconut coffee.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and we we knew that when we launched it, and uh, that's the that's the best part about it is that we're trying to to create a few different products that really appeal to everybody. I'm I'm a bit of a a coffee purist for sure. Um, that being said, we just launched our vanilla cold brew, and it's kind of it's got me thinking a lot more about the flavored stuff. And I definitely drink more vanilla. Uh, than i have of the other flavors
1: what other flavors are you guys working on or have
0: launched (laughs) um we so we currently have our original which we call a new orleans style it's black unsweetened we add roasted chicory root to it which makes it Mm -hmm. new orleans style
1: that sounds good
0: yeah and then we have the organic vanilla mocha and coconut uh so that's our lineup right now uh we are playing around with some other stuff we're playing around with actually an iced tea so um it sounds like that's way out of our, out of our wheelhouse. However, uh, the iced tea is actually made from something called cascara, which is the skin or the casing around the coffee uh, when it grows.
1: I've heard of this.
0: Yeah. Starbucks has done some stuff with cascara, but what we're doing with it is very different. We've essentially taken the dried leaves or skin around the coffee bean and turned it into a sparkling iced tea. Uh, so that's something we're playing around with. Um, we are discussing opportunities to make plant-based lattes. So using our concentrate to then mix with, you know, an almond, a coconut or an oat milk base and create some lattes. Uh, we've got, we've got a tremendous amount of stuff that we're working on. Um, uh, some aforementioned and some that I won't mention, right. um, but really, really exciting stuff. happening. Oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah people are looking for better for you beverages. And so when I think about it from a a scalability perspective and selling our product in in grocery stores, for example, or in convenience stores, um, there's this huge sort of shift happening or that has been happening for a while away from your traditional um, pop and energy drinks. So Coke's, Pepsi's, Red Bull's, Monster, they're losing market share to a lot of smaller businesses uh, who are in this uh, health and wellness trends. So you think about uh, cold brew coffee, kombucha, coconut water, cold pressed juice, uh, sparkling water is a huge trend now. All of these things are products consumers are looking for. And our product fits perfectly in that because more often than not, I talk to somebody and they say, Oh, I need, I need milk or sugar for my coffee. And I say, just, just try our cold brew and then let me know. And I would say 70% of those people will say, Oh, you know what? I actually don't have to add anything to this. So then you're drinking something that we ca- we call clean caffeine, right? So you're drinking this coffee that is, it's natural, it's, it's natural caffeine, and you don't have to add anything to it. So you can spend your calories elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And, and look, like the idea of cold brewing coffee, it's conceptually, it's, it's very simple. You take coffee, you grind it up, you put it in cold water, you let it sit for a, a, a period of time. And so you can do it at home. You can make your own cold brew in a French press or in a, in a Mason jar, it doesn't really matter. You just need a, a, something to strain it like a cheesecloth or something. However, what I will say is uh, to do it well and to do it consistently is, is quite difficult. Uh, and that's why we exist as a business. You know, we are a company that we, we are hyper-focused on cold brew coffee. That's all we do. And there's a lot of beverage companies and coffee roasters who are trying to get into cold brew now. And I think it's great because it's a new thing and we need to educate people together. However, We are a company solely dedicated on that, and one of my business partners is our brewmaster. On the exterior, we look like a craft beer company because we do it on tap. We put it in cans. We have a brewery that I'm standing in right now, and I've always wanted our business and our brand to be focused as the craft beer of coffee, so that's how I explain our business in one sentence to people. We are the craft beer of coffee. And the reason that is, is because we embrace all of those incredible uh, things that craft beer companies have, and that's sourcing high quality ingredients and, you know, attention to detail and craftsmanship, and then, you know, great branding and packaging and appealing to a consumer base that's looking for quality products.
1: I'm Mary Mammoliti, and you're listening to the Kitchen Confession Podcast. Today, we're talking to Mitchell Stern of Station Cold Brew Coffee. What I do want to know is a little more about Mitchell.
0: Yeah, we can do that.
1: (laughs) So talk to me. Tell me about Mitchell. How did you get into this? How did you get into coffee and station cold brew?
0: After university, um, which I did in St. Catharines, I came to Toronto and through some friends, got involved in sort of the experiential marketing world. Uh, My first job out of university was showing people how to play the Nintendo Wii. <laughs> uh, when when that launched, which was a pretty cool job, and uh, you know, I was not I like a business that. major, not a business major, not a marketing major. Um, really, didn't really didn't know what I was going to do. But uh, I like to think I'm a pretty smart guy, so I'm like, <laughs> okay, I'll figure this out. I also did some time uh, on did some time. Sounds like I'm in jail. Um, <laughs> I spent some time uh, on on the creative team, uh, strategy and ideations. So coming up with different ideas and that was that was an interesting time for me because it it really allowed me to understand sort of where my passion is and and that was on the creative side for sure and then you know one day I was working for uh for that company and one of my clients was based in the U.S. Uh, I'm sure you're familiar with them Walmart Mm -hmm. um I
1: (laughs) (laughs) think I've heard about them
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, had, I had a moment where I, just, I wasn't happy in, in, in my day-to-day. I was stressed out, and it was for you know, a major corporation. Mm-hmm. And I kind of had this, this feeling that I didn't want to do it anymore. And you know the, the people around me, my manager, my peers, knew that I was in that space. And uh, so I kind of decided, and it was a very amicable split. It was, it was wonderful. I still talk to lots of people at that agency. Uh, that it wasn't for me so i said okay cool i'm gonna start consulting i created my own brand as a consultancy which was really an interesting process for me it it really helped me uh understand the idea of building a brand from nothing uh which got me really excited so i knew there was something there for me coincidentally one of the first people i chatted with was steve uh he was in new york he tried cold brew coffee he came back to toronto and decided he wanted to start a cold brew company, I went back to my desk, and as a consultant, I wrote him a proposal, and he hired me. However, that quickly grew to uh, seeing tremendous opportunity in doing this full-time, and Steve and I sat down, and he, he said to me, I don't need you as a consultant. I need you as a, as a business partner. So my, my consultancy lasted all of one client, really, um, but turned into this.
1: Have you always been interested in the food and beverage industry? Um, I would say, yeah, I think
0: it's fair to say. Um, Mm, Because it's something that's always
1: been with you. You just, you had it, but it was, yeah, I was there, but never really tapped into it.
0: Yep. I think that's fair to say. And now I've become like a huge beverage nerd. So I'm reading multiple, you know, uh, internet sources on the daily reading about different product launches in the U S and I go to Beverage trade shows, and most of my colleagues are working in beverage now. And it's, I'm trying to understand, you know, what the future looks like for beverage, and you know, for example, how cannabis might spend, like, play in that, in that.
1: You know what? That was going to be a question. My next question: How does cannabis play a part in this? Because it is, that's all everyone's talking about right now.
0: For sure, and for good reason. I mean, it's, it's, it's an industry that is going to change uh, all other. Peripheral industries because it can be implemented into literally anything. And it affects banking and hospitality, and you know, it really does affect every single other um, business out there. And so from a beverage perspective, um, I believe that I believe that there is a large opportunity in beverage for cannabis. Um, Beverages are something that people consume every day. And I believe that in three to five years you will see. Every product you see on the shelf now, you will be able to buy it with THC and or CBD. THC is the psychoactive ingredient, so that's what will make you feel high or euphoric. Uh, CBD is the non psychoactive ingredient that uh, is being sort of separated, often now, because it's become uh, you know a painkiller. It's good for anxiety. It's good for depression. It's, it's it's actually the the ingredient or the thing in cannabis um, that. Uh, is proven, and there's a lot of studies out there, uh, to help with those, with those things. Um, so it's become sort of a medicine. Um, and I believe that the opportunity is in CBD. And I think that CBD will play well in the health and wellness beverage category.
1: But does CBD still give you that
0: high feeling? It, it shouldn't, no. Um, now, again, if we want to get a little more technical, you can derive CBD from, from marijuana, or you can derive CBD from hemp if you derive it from marijuana, it will have traces of THC. Right. So depending on how much, how much you consume, you may get a little bit of sort of that, that feeling, the psychoactive feeling. If you have hemp-derived CBD, um, you won't have that. And it depends. There's so many variables. It depends on the person, height, weight, gender. Um, and I could see that, that know, in beverages I- more. Exactly
1: is the hemp extracted CBD yep, and that's
0: probably where regulations will take it for obvious reasons um, and you, I, there's a lot happening in the u s already, and most of it is hemp derived really yeah oh yeah you if you go to uh, specifically California or New York um, because they're hotbeds for uh, new product innovation and and even uh, somewhere like Colorado and boulder you'll see. A tremendous amount of CBD beverages, everything from coffee to uh, sparkling water to cold pressed juice to teas. There's, uh, it's, it's incredible.
1: I did not realize it was that big already.
0: It is. <laughs> it is. And there's a lot of people doing a lot of things on the back end in Canada because edibles right now, and edibles are consumables or infused products, and that is food and beverage. They're not legal right now, uh, but they will be the anticipated timeline is about a year from now. Um, but that being said, there's still a lot of regulations, uh, that aren't in place. So for example, I am anticipating, uh, there being very heavy regulations around mixing caffeine with those things. Mm-hmm. And for good reason, there, there absolutely should be, um, as they do with alcohol, mixing alcohol with caffeine. So I need to understand how that may affect my plan. Well, that's
1: what I was wondering because caffeine gives you that hyped up energy mm-hmm. boost and the, is it CBD?
0: Does kind of the opposite.
1: Right, so I, can, I now, can't imagine how the two.
0: So that's interesting. I had that that same thought to myself about four or five months ago. Uh, and I started doing some research on CBD and uh, you know, I, I speak frankly a lot about uh, mental health and I mm-hmm. suffer from tremendous anxiety. So do I. And I'm, i I encourage other people to talk about that as well. Oh, Absolutely. Especially men. So I'm glad to hear that you're a supporter of that as well. And so about four or five months ago, I started reading about CBD. Um, I was actually on medication for 10 years um, as an antidepressant and for the past, Three years, I've been learning to cope with it through other um, methods. Uh, so I started reading about CBD, and what I did was I started taking it with my coffee, and or with my cold brew, I'll say. Um, and what I realized is, yes, I had the same thoughts about. Don't these like counteract each other? Are opposites and my conclusion was that they actually perfectly balance each other for me because I don't get the sort of jitteriness that may come with coffee and somebody with anxiety obviously that's not a good combination but the CBD balances it so I still get the energy Uh, you know perhaps it's placebo I'm not sure anymore with coffee Um, but and I can still consume coffee with this very ritual it's it's, Mm -hmm. uh, habitual for me and for most people yeah but it balances really nicely with, with CBD. And I've also used CBD for um, muscle pain. I've you know, got an injury in my back. Um, so I'm, I'm using it for all of these things. And I actually challenge people when they say that. And I say, I actually think it balances it very well.
1: And it doesn't alter anything. It's just, it, it offsets the caffeine, mm-hmm. gives you that that kind of neutral yes. level.
0: Yes. And there's, there's sort of a calmness that comes with it for me. Again, everybody's different and everybody finds their yeah. dosage and like there, there's, there's work to be done and there's education to be done and I'm still educating myself. Um, but it's, it's been a wonderful tool for me and I'm still learning and figuring it out. Um, and I'm excited to see where it goes in the terms of health and wellness because, you know, the THC part of it is a whole other category and that's fine and I am not for or against it necessarily. I, actually, no, I'm, I'm for it. However, um, CBD is where my focus is, both from a personal and professional perspective.
1: Right. Well, it's funny you mention this because lately, I mean, obviously everyone's talking about it and I'm learning more and more about um people using CBD.
0: Yeah.
1: And someone actually told me that they know someone that that puts it in their butter.
0: Yep. Absolutely.
1: And spreads it on their toast in the morning and it's something that helps them with, you know, chronic pain or um someone else again, another anxiety. Uh suffers from severe anxiety and uses it in that sense. And these are—I th- I did not know any of this beforehand. I'm learning so much more than I probably would have had it not been legalized.
0: Of course, and that's why it's—that's why it's great because there are studies that show the validity of of these um, these plants as medicine. Like that's that's really—it's a fact. And and then when you want to sit down and actually compare it or contrast it with with alcohol, um, it, it's night and day in terms of the effect on society and. Um, you know, deaths that are resulted in and like...
1: Well, that's the thing. <sighs> that's when I get worried now because when you're combining the two...
0: Well, that's a whole They're, they're story. Very,
1: yeah, they're very different. <laughs> yeah,
0: and I would not encourage that. For sure. No. Um, but there are a lot of uh, companies looking at non-alcoholic beverages like beer and wine with cannabis. Hmm. You'll be able to go into a bar in the future and you'll be able to get a red wine that is alcoholic or a red wine that is non-alcoholic with CBD and THC. What? I, I firmly believe that. Or you'll be able to get a kombucha that has THC in it. And I, I firmly believe that that is the future of like-
1: Okay, the, that buzzes me out. That, kombucha with the-
0: <laughs> Right? Yeah. There's so much, so much opportunity for innovation and development. And that's actually what gets me excited. Um, that's the part of our business that- that really drives me is understanding what's next.
1: I'm actually really interested to see where this goes and how quickly this is actually going to hit our shelves.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, we're about a year away. Um, But it'll happen quickly. I bet. I wouldn't be surprised if they move up um, legalization of, of edibles. And the reason is because, you know, right now you can legally purchase, um, flour or like, you know, buds, Mm -hmm. cannabis. And people are going to make their own butter or do their own things with it, which is kind of scary because many of those people don't know how to properly do it or properly dose. So when you have regulations in place for somebody like me as a manufacturer to, um, you know, to make sure that in every bottle uh, there is 10 milligrams and that's sort of what Health Canada says then that's, that's better for consumers to, to regulate proper dosage. And so it seems kind of backwards to me. Um, however, I, I totally understand that there need to be firm regulations around it to make sure that manufacturers are putting out products that are uh, proper dosages and you know, warnings and regulations, and there's so much that comes with it. And I know that can't just happen overnight. And I'm
1: sure manufacturers will have to have them properly labeled. So this me, the consumer, oh, would yes. know what I'm actually drinking.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Now, I usually ask all my guests, and I'm going to ask you, to share a kitchen Uh-oh. confession with me.
0: Mm. A kitchen confession? Mm-hmm. Like somebody, something that happens in my kitchen that I don't want everybody to know about until now? They're Everybody's going to know about it?
1: Pretty much. <laughs> pretty much.
0: Um, <laughs> I'm just going to say the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. okay. So... It's something that's kind of awkward, so that makes sense. Um, I <laughs> used to, and still do sometimes, I do this thing where I just take a spoonful of like almond butter or peanut butter, and I put it in the freezer for a little while. What? And I, <laughs> and I let it freeze, and then it's kind of like a delicious ice cream style treat. Um,
1: I have never heard I, of that. I
0: Yeah, I'm not surprised. Um, <laughs> that's just something I've kind of always done. and it's, Does it freeze? It's It does kind of freeze, but not like really it's, it's got a nice texture to it that I clearly enjoy. So yeah, it's kind of like a healthy snack.
1: Wait, let's backtrack. (laughs) You take a scoop and you put the spoon and the peanut butter, everything in the freezer. Oh yeah. (laughs) That's That's the only way to do it, right?
0: (laughs) Not much more to it. Um, Yeah. It's really interesting. I'm so so trying that tonight. (laughs) Please do let me know. Please report back.
1: Okay. So this is happening tonight. (laughs) Do you have either a favorite pairing with coffee that you would always have with your coffee or a recipe that you would share?
0: I like to do – well, sometimes I like to do – are you familiar with bulletproof coffee or or, um, butter coffee? Yes, 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 yes. So I will make that with our concentrate. So I'll do our concentrate, boiling water, grass-fed butter, MCT oil. And I'll put in CBD as well, Uh, but that's that's like oftentimes I'll do that for uh, for my morning sort of like breakfast coffee. Um, Our concentrate also works really well in smoothies. You do like a chocolate banana coffee type smoothie, really really good stuff. Um, And we've got a bunch of recipes on our website. We've got a stew on our website, like a cowboy coffee stew sort of thing, uh, which this, this time of year is perfect. Yeah, and And we're always looking for people to collaborate with. So if anybody listening is interested in doing some recipes for us, I'd be happy to give you some product to test around with and we can feature it on our website and on social media and do some stuff like that. I think that would be great. That's amazing. Yeah.
1: And sounds like fun. Always fun to create.
0: Oh yeah. And using our coffee as a, as an uh, ingredient is something that people really, really love, especially at this time of year, because you don't want to drink it as much as a cold coffee.
1: Well, thank you so much for sharing that. And where can our listeners find you? You, Station Cold Brew?
0: <laughs> you can find me usually at our brewery, but uh, um, Station Cold Brew is available in about 1,400 locations across the country, which is super exciting. Um, you can find us in Metro and Sobies and Loblaws and Farm Boy and um uh, 7-eleven is an easy one yeah, lots of major retailers you can find us at stationcoldbrew.com we've actually got a store finder uh, so you can punch in your postal code you can see where to purchase it um our canned and bottled beverages are not available online because they do need to be refrigerated however we do have like a brew-it-yourself cold brew kit uh, available on our website which you can check oh, that's out that's pretty cool yeah very cool Um, and, uh, for anybody listening, we can do, we'll do a 25% off. So if you go on and you put in the code kitchen confessions, uh, we will do a 25% off.
1: Oh, that's very kind of you. That's nice. And
0: the cool thing is, is, is the brew it yourself kits that you can order. You can order them anywhere across Canada. Uh, and then it actually makes a concentrate, which then you can use for all sorts of things. As I mentioned before, you can mix it with hot water, cold water, milk, Cocktails, really, whatever you want.
1: What if someone had questions for you? Are you on social media at all? Of course,
0: yeah. Station at Station Cold Brew uh, on Instagram. That's the best place to reach us. Um, at Mitchell Stern is my personal one. Happy to answer questions. We love getting questions because it's something so new, and people ask all the time. And uh, we're always looking for feedback, how we can be better. And so, yeah, please. Don't hesitate to uh, to reach out.
1: Thank you so much. I had such a good time. I've learned so much. Good. I'm happy. It's been really, really wonderful
0: talking to you. Um, I love your podcast, so I'm happy to be a part of it. And hopefully, hopefully, people know what cold brew is and what CBD is and all the fun stuff now. And
1: uh, <laughs> well, I know I perfect. do.
0: <laughs> that's that's most important.
1: I'm sure if I caught on, a lot of people will. <laughs> It's that time we've reached the end of another show. Be sure to visit kitchenconfession.com for more recipes and foodie finds. I'd like to thank producer and editor Matt Agnew and I'm Mary Mammoliti. See you at the next episode.